0: Welcome to Jerusalem Studio Podcast. Join us to discuss the latest updates from Israel and the region.
1: Shalom and welcome to Jerusalem Studio. When Syrian President Bashar al-Assad was in real danger of being ousted in Syria's civil war, in the first half of the last decade, both Iran and then Russia came to his rescue. He certainly owes them, as well as Lebanon's Iranian-proxy Hezbollah, gratitude for his survival. But international politics is an unsentimental business, and now Russia and Iran are each pursuing its own interests in Syria, leading to tensions between Moscow and Tehran over their respective agendas in Damascus. To analyze the latest developments in this ordeal, we're joined from Central Israel by Professor Zev Khanin, who is an expert on Russian and Middle Eastern studies at Bar Ilan and Ariel Universities. Thank you for joining us. Pleasure. Also joining us from Central Israel is Dr. Nir Bombs, who is a research fellow at the Moshe Dayan Center at Tel Aviv University. Thank you for joining us as well. And with me here in the studio is our TV7 analyst and host of TV7's Watchman Talk, Mr. Amir Oren. I Amil, mean, give us a broader understanding on this uh, specific topic. Uh, Were the s- things currently situated? To what degree are tensions truly there? And what are we to expect uh, from this to emerge in the near future? So, the very way that uh, we decided uh, to
0: put uh, this topic uh, in our um, headline uh, is somewhat unjust. Because these two actors are not on an equal footing. One is no longer a superpower, but nevertheless, it's in the upper league of international politics. It's um, one of the uh, five members of the UN Security Council. It is a nuclear uh, power, and it has a global uh, interests that is, Russia. Iran, while a regional power, nevertheless, is not as powerful as Russia is. So, uh, of course, if uh, push comes to shove, the Russians will always win. The question is, um, do they have some uh, spheres of agreement and cooperation? Can they cohabit in uh, a new Syria once the uh, civil war is over? And it seems as if the Russians uh, will probably insist on uh, being the dominant uh, force uh, in Damascus, of course, in Tartus, their naval base, in Hamimim, their air base, and wherever they they see fit. And the Iranians uh, will have to fit themselves into whatever narrow field the Russians will leave them. And if the uh, uh, Iranians get in trouble with the Israelis, and uh, there is uh, and conflict in the making, which threatens the Russian interests. The Russian will tell them to leave and look for trouble elsewhere in Yemen or Iraq or wherever, but get out
1: of Syria. Professor Khanin, I'd like to hear your take on this. Where do the Russians st- uh, stand on this uh, with regard to the Iranians? Are they truly seeking to rival the Iranians or... As Mr. Owens says correctly, they're not in the same league, so they just expect the Iranians to do as uh, they demand.
2: Well, uh, we should take into account that Russia's foreign policy is motivated by the two factors. First of all, relations with the United States uh, in the battleground of Europe and in some way East Asia. So that means that European Union and China are much more important for Russians at the moment, for Kremlin and foreign Office. Uh, then anything happens in the Central, uh, in the Middle East and uh, Central Asia. On one hand, on the other hand, uh, Russia's foreign policy is motivated by the internal political situation. Um, uh, on one hand, uh, polarization of forces, including the opposition on one hand and pro Mr. Putin groups of support uh, on the other hand, uh, and uh, that is why uh, they take into account uh, that Russian public, at least uh, those who can be defined as the uh, supporters of the current regime are, uh, in fact, uh, in favor of the pro-active policy. For instance, I have, uh, we will have a look on the recent opinion polls of the Russian public. We will see that, uh, uh, in, in principle, uh, Russian population uh, does think that Russia should take an act more active steps promoting their foreign policy interests. Uh, just recent uh, census showed us that 80 percent, for instance, still believe that it was the right thing uh, to um, uh, append Crimea to the Russian territory. Uh, And about uh, 35 to 60 percent are following carefully what is going on in the near and uh, distant abroad. On the other hand, uh, as I said, uh, Russian public is less interested what is going on in Syria. Uh, So uh, uh, meaning that Turkey and Iran are less important. for the current Russian regime than China and the United States. Uh, So uh, as we learn, uh, at least as we can understand uh, from uh, the sources in Moscow, uh, they believe that uh, in Syria, uh, Russians are interested in the status quo, they are not ready to invest uh, neither economic nor military nor political or diplomatic forces too much. Uh, and uh, in the Syrian ground, uh, they're interested to have more balanced relations in the United States uh, uh, in comparison to what they have in Europe or uh, in the Far East. Uh, meaning that uh, also, uh, from this point of view, we should understand uh, relations with Iran. Uh, Russians do uh, understand that uh, there is a conflict uh, in their subordinate circles, in their uh, uh, immediate circles uh, of the uh, Mr. Assad regime. Uh, One faction is pro-Iranian, and the second is pro-Russian, so they believe, they're interested uh, that the situation will be as is. Uh, As it happens now, uh, they understand that Astana process is dead, or at least it's frozen for the long uh, period of time. The political process doesn't exist or is not uh, running um, uh, forward uh, anyway. Uh, uh, So from this point of view, for them it's much more... Um, convenient uh, to
1: preserve the situation as it is at the moment. Dr. Boms, what's your take on this, and to what degree do you uh, see this uh, tensions translated uh, to activities on the ground?
3: Well, this tension is already uh, translated to activities on the ground, uh, also because uh, the interest, the Russian interest, in some degree of uh, stability, which. Uh, for that, they need to push the Iranians a little further out, if just for the fact that uh, the Israelis uh, are not willing to accept a situation when the Iranians are entrenched and they will continue to act uh, every time when the Iranians uh, entrench even further, which of course will contribute to lack of stability. And, and that's a, a, a very significant conflict right there. But also uh, because uh, there's really a different uh, vision. Uh, when it comes to the future of Syria, when it comes to uh, uh, Russia and Iran. I mean, for Russia, uh, they would like to eventually see and certainly willing to accept a more secular Syria. They're willing to probably accept uh, even a decentralized Syria. It's not so important to them um, uh, that uh, as long as their interests are kept, that uh, uh, Syria will come back to the same territorial integrity uh, it once uh, had. and. Iran uh, would like to see a model uh, which is more similar to Lebanon, when it has a very significant interest, when it has a, a degree of control and independence, something that the Russians uh, uh, will probably not uh, uh, will be willing to uh, support. And that already uh, results in uh, Iranians who were able to influence the, Rus- the Syrian military. And then the Russians who entered that game a little later, but have done similar. At work and therefore, occasionally they we would clash pro uh, Iranian militias and then pro Russian forces, um, and they have clashed uh, more so uh, in the last uh, year, and they will continue to do so. And uh, they're also clashing over the uh, question of what Russia will or will not do uh, facing attacks, Israeli attacks. Uh, on Iranian forces. If Russia would have wanted and would deploy uh, uh, better aerial uh, defenses, they could have uh, stopped uh, some of this. The Iranians uh, are are very angry of the fact that uh, the Russians are not able to stop this, and they see this as uh, something that stands in contrast to uh, the Russian-Iranian coordination, which also agrees. So the Russian needs to balance, uh, but uh, all in all, as was said uh, uh, already. Uh, I think the Russian understands that in order to uh, maximize their interest, uh, they need to push the Iranian interest a little bit aside, um, although they're still trying to balance. Uh, and therefore, we've seen in the last uh, few weeks uh, a continuation of uh, coordination, uh, the Russian uh, foreign minister, Iranian delegation, even Hezbollah delegation, all the way to Russia, and all of that in order to uh, uh, deal with these issues and deal with these concerns that are very much visible on the ground.
1: Mr. Owen. Let's bring the United States into the picture for one second. As uh, uh, the United States commander of Central Command, uh, General McKenzie, uh, said in in one of his hearings recently that uh, uh, Syria is a vessel state of Russia. Uh, Whether the Iranians like it or not, the Russians are in control. Their interests in Tartus and in Hamimim are uh, vast, uh, Latakia is Russian-dominated, and uh, it provides them with, uh, uh, beyond a tactical uh, uh, element, it provides them also with strategic depth uh, when we're talking about a a warm-water naval base with a a pad, uh, so to speak, into Africa, which is increasingly also a Russian interest. To what degree do you see uh, the Russians securing This position with regard to the Iranians, considering the fact that the Iranians have tried on multiple occasions to develop uh, a naval base or uh, a base uh, for at least uh, transfer of goods on the Mediterranean shoreline, something that in recent reports, just uh, in the past week, we saw an Iranian tanker. Uh, according to various reports, being struck by an uh, uh, unidentified aerial uh, vehicle. Uh, It's not clear whose vehicle that is, but it seems that it might even be part of this equation uh, with regard to the Russian interests. What can you tell us about that?
0: Instead of Russians, please say Putin. And I beg Professor Hanin's forgiveness for putting it uh, in very simplistic terms. But uh, Vladimir Putin uh, thinks um, in historic terms. He sees himself uh, in the footsteps of uh, such uh, Russian heroes as Peter the Great or Alexander Nevsky. And um, he wants to use Syria as his base for the Eastern Mediterranean. It is not only Syria itself, the the country, even though it might have uh, some commercial opportunities, is nothing. Um, It is uh, geostrategically positioned because it borders Turkey, which is of course uh, an old uh, problem uh, for Russia. But now that the United States is going um, slowly but surely out, of the region, and um, at least going offshore to aircraft carriers, to bases uh, outside of the mainland, be them uh, in uh, Cyprus or Greece or Malta or Sicily, doesn't matter, but not uh, in the Levant uh, itself. Russia wants to use Syria as its base, uh, almost the way um, uh, Kaliningrad, um, is um, an enclave that Russia has outside of its uh, uh, territory. Now, Iran cannot have a base anywhere there without Russian and the Israeli permission, and it will not get them. The Iranians want to offload oil for the uh, Syrian regime, they want to transship weapons and precision machinery for Hezbollah, but this is secondary they will not be able to compete with the uh, Russians. And uh, when their usefulness is over, uh, they will be uh, politely or not so politely asked to leave.
1: This is very interesting what you're saying because this also alludes to the fact that despite uh, the U.S. military's recommendations to remain in Iraq, for instance, the Biden administration might uh, seek to withdraw regardless.
0: Well, you know, eastern Syria... Um East of the uh, Euphrates, the dear reserve area is uh, essentially part of Iraq, part of the Anbar province or adjacent to it, so um, historically speaking, so not only historically but uh, ever since the the Americans went into Iraq right. uh, in two thousand and three so uh, the tactical or operational considerations there are not the same as in Western Syria in Damascus itself or Idlib or or the uh, Israeli uh, border. So the Americans may leave some residual force there in Eastern Syria, but not in Western Syria. But the Iranians need Syria only as a launching pad against Israel or as a transshipment point uh, to Hezbollah. Other than that, it is not useful to them.
1: Professor Hanin, uh, your chance to respond?
2: what Mr. Oren
0: said, that uh,
2: in principle, Russians are interested uh, to be present in Syria as their basis of the activities in the Middle East. But we shouldn't forget at the same time uh, that, uh, okay, while saying that the Middle East is not the major field of the foreign policy interest, it doesn't mean that Russians are not interested to be here, here in the Middle East, where we are talking from, from Jerusalem. Uh, However, uh, we shouldn't also forget that uh, uh, Syria is the only, not only place of their interest here while they're talking in the Middle East. For instance, Russians are very much interested to be in some way uh, part of the uh, Abrahamic Accords, which Americans and Israelis uh, and uh, 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 Gulf monarchies did not permit to Moscow to be a part of. Uh, uh, so if this so, uh, uh, that means that uh, at the moment, Moscow is not interested to accelerate uh, their activities in Syria. Uh, So, as I said before, uh, they're interested more in status quo than any substantial changes. They're not interested to wipe uh, Iranians out of Syria. On the other hand, they're interested to weaken their presence there, or at least uh, their influence uh, on the Assad regimes, on the situation in general. And finally, we should take into account that uh, the Russians take uh, uh, understand uh, the presence of, uh, of not only Iran but at least uh, three other uh, external parties there in Syria. Uh, that's United States, um, Turkey and Israel. Uh, and if you will permit me briefly to address to any three of them, the, the picture if we're, as far as they, they in Kremlin, if I understand the situation correctly, see it is the following. Um, uh, Americans, according to the Moscow, uh, they uh, sure they are able or they can uh, and may, preserve uh, the areas of their interest, like uh, uh, Etanap, a 55-kilometer zone, uh, and so on. And Russians are not ready to intervene there in any way, or at least in a substantial way. As far as Turkey is concerned, uh, uh, they believe that they did for Turkey anything. Uh, they were able to do, but they're not ready to defend uh, their, uh, the belt of their interest, their defense, or security belt, security zone. Uh, as Russians permitted to Turks uh, uh, to control, uh, in some way also damaging the uh, Kurdish interests, uh, as they say in Moscow, mostly because uh, Kurds um, uh, did not agree uh, to cooperate with the Assad regime and started, started their cooperation with the United States. So that is why Russians never intervened in the Turkish anti kurdic activities. Um, and, uh, but finally, uh, uh, concerning the Turkish situation, they say in Moscow that uh, they have some sort of combination of interest, but it doesn't mean that Ankara is a strategic partner in Moscow. We just can take into account uh, the fact that uh, Russians uh, stopped uh, uh, forbidden uh, Russian terrorism to Turkey, which is, by the way, about $7 billion a year, uh, and uh, did not uh, proclaim it as a political step but just the, which is concerned to the um, uh, uh, medical situation there. Uh, so uh, uh, from this point of view, we can understand that uh, uh, they did for Turkey, what were they able to do and not interested that uh, Ankara would extend, extend their influence uh, in Syria. And finally, Israel, uh, um, uh, what is, what happens on the vector between Moscow and Tehran is the following. Uh, we have there our own, uh, scope of relations, but Israel's, uh, our understanding with Israel is that they are able to defend their own interests. That means the understanding that were uh, reached uh, between uh, uh, Lieberman Netanyahu on the Israeli side and Mr. Putin and his team on the other side are in order at the moment, and uh, Israelis are free. To do whatever uh, they found necessary in order to to defend their security interests in the northern and northern eastern borders. That also that concerns also Iran itself, Iran bases, Iran forces there, and uh, Iranian Iranian trucks. That's more or less the situation. And uh, probably we can uh, we believe that if nothing dramatic will happen, uh, uh, according to Moscow, the situation in Syria at the moment. Uh, is not if it's not uh, ideal, but it is but the, the best of possible.
1: Dr. Baum's, your take?
3: Well, it's important to note why the Iranians will uh, insist and will not give up uh, so uh, so quickly. Uh, the, the Russians have been in Syria only significantly since 2015. The Iranians have been there before. Before the Russians entered, they already gave uh, over seven billion. Uh, dollars in loans and uh, credit lines to the Syrians. Uh, a lot of that was meant to offset the uh, already uh, depleting uh, economy, uh, the, the Syrian currency that lost the most of value, oil. Um, they continue to do that, of course, now with depleting uh, resources following uh, additional uh, sanctions. Um, and all of that uh, means that the Iranians are not willing to give up. They had signed a number of uh, contracts. Uh, for uh, infrastructure companies, uh, for uh, the uh, mobile sector. Uh, the TCI, uh, a company controlled by Al uh, Quds forces, is signing uh, a contract that uh, gives it uh, control over uh, close to 70% of the Syrian mobile uh, market. They want to, uh, uh, of course, gain that control not just for the financial. Uh, reasons but also for the ideological reasons. They've invested in schools and, and part of what they've done and are doing there is investing in education. This also means Shiization and, and bringing uh, educating people who are going to be more loyal to the Iranians. They've been entrenched into the military. All of that means that A they're not going to give up so quickly and B, uh, that uh, the Russians are not able to give to, to push them out out so quickly. So, the balancing act here uh, is uh, very, uh, uh, very delicate. Also, because it's not, in that sense, the Iranians per se. The Lebanese model means that we're uh, creating local networks of Syrians who are loyal to us, who serve as a proxy to us, and if we're Following the Hezbollah model, they eventually are able to even uh, run for positions and, uh, and almost uh, control the government, um, which is the, a lot of the reasons why uh, the conflict in Lebanon is t- taking place at the moment. Iranians had a vision as such to uh, uh, Syria, uh, and now, uh, well, not just now, but the, there's an understanding that that vision obviously is not going to bring stability, it clashes uh, with the Russians, and therefore. There is an additional uh, uh, drive to uh, push some of this uh, away. Well, the Iranians are not going to accept it uh, so easily, and, and they will do so in their uh, uh, proxy ways. So, even if you try to push them out, you're not necessarily so easily will be able to push their local influence that they were that they uh, were already a- able to build.
1: It's very interesting what Dr. Bones just mentioned, and also, of course, what Professor uh, Hanin. Which uh, two of them together provide. Quite a clear image, uh, Mr. Oren, when when we're talking about the Afghan forces, for instance, which the Iranians have brought into uh, this uh, sphere of operations, uh, they were actually transferred in in, uh, much uh, degree together with their families on on many uh, uh, aspects with the promise of you will be able then to settle also in Syria – and uh, securing for the Iranians long-term goals of influence rather than immediate-term uh, influence, something that the Russians want to secure the, the status quo, if you will, of uh, what happened status quo uh prior to the war.
0: Especially
1: um, because there are millions
0: of Sunni refugees and displaced persons, uh, both internally and outside of Syria, the entire makeup of the population has been changed, as you said. Not uh, only
1: in Syria, in Iraq and elsewhere, the Iranians very systematically changed the populations from Sunni Muslim populations to Shiite Muslim populations. Yes, but,
0: but because our time is getting short, let me just add another aspect, and that is the military technical aspect. Because of the Russian military presence there and the Israeli operations, there are, of course, fears that some of the Russians will be endangered either by the Israelis or by the Syrian reaction, as we have seen already uh, some three and a half uh, years ago. And also, when the Syrians use uh, Russian-made weapon systems against the Israeli aircraft and miss, it does not um, bring the Russian defense industry and the military uh, so many clients Um, uh, because obviously the Western know-how, American-Israeli, is better than the uh, Russian-made. So the Russians have another interest in trying to calm down the situation, because as General McKenzie mentioned, and you cited him, this is a laboratory for them. They're testing their weapons, their doctrine, their uh, system, they don't want outside interference.
1: Indeed, we're drawing near to the end of the program, so I'd like to give each and every one of you the opportunity to have a very short uh, analysis where we're we heading from here. Uh, Professor Khadin, are uh, the uh, circumstances going to escalate in the near future, or is this now a war of attrition, if you will, with regard to rivalries on the ground and just political games within the holes in Damascus?
2: Uh, if we believe that uh, uh, in countries like Russia, public opinion is sort of a mirror uh, of what is translated by the government or by the regime so we say and if we come back to the public public opinion of course we will see the, uh, when asked uh, who is the best friend from concerning the outside countries uh, for the Russian people uh, on the first place is China with 40 percent Syria in the second place with 12 percent and Israel and Iran four percent each which means important but not so important. And uh, two countries uh, are actually important for Russia in some way. Uh, but in the case that uh, the Moscow is interested to keep balance between two. Uh, probably that's what we will see in the nearest future.
1: Dr. Bombs.
3: Well, after the Syrian war has officially ended and realized that now it's became a, a long war of attrition, uh, here comes the turn again of uh, an attempt to renegotiate some potential uh, political formulations in Syria. Uh, without that, without uh, uh, breaking up this zero-sum game, uh, it's very difficult to envision the stability uh, in Syria. You would not be able to have stability in Syria whilst the uh, uh, Iranians uh, continue to be there, the Israelis continue to bomb, and the Russians uh, uh, try to uh, navigate. This is why the Russians uh, became more involved in speaking to the parties, including uh, bringing, inviting Hezbollah over, uh, in being more assertive and trying to uh, set some rules of the game in order to uh, negotiate a a uh, Russian-led political arrangements, not necessarily a new political reality, uh, but I would not be surprised uh, if uh, some discussions on new political realities and horizons will actually emerge from this process.
1: Of course, not to forget Turkey is in the mix with its operation now in Anbar region in Iraq. Uh, There's plenty of influence there also on the situation in Syria proper. Uh, One sentence, Mr. Owen. Every once in a while, Tension uh,
0: rises in the Israeli-Lebanese border. Hopefully, Russia will be a restraining influence
1: on Iran and, through Iran, on Hezbollah. Indeed. Well, uh, that's uh, a hope for all of us. This is all the time that we have for today. I'd like to thank Dr. Bombs, Professor Khanin, and Mr. Oren for being part of today's panel. And I'd like to thank our viewers as well. And we will see you next time.
0: Thank you for joining us in another Jerusalem Studio podcast. For more content on Israel and its region, we invite you to visit our website at tv7israelnews.com and follow us on social media.